Well, good morning. Let's try it again. Good morning. I have no idea what I'm supposed to preach about, so let's just start over again. <laughs> Sam, that's for you, buddy. I love you, man. We are Valley Real Life. That's what we're here for. You're going to forget things. It's okay. You know, I'm excited that you are here. We've got a lot of great things going on. Riverside is kicking off. I'm getting uh, pictures that's sent. It's a full house. God's doing a lot of stuff there. Uh, there's already a baptism that's taken place. And so uh, that's our new campus that's just launching this morning. Last week, we had our 20-year anniversary. And if you missed that, there's three ways that you can still get it. You can get it on our YouTube channel. Uh, you can get it through uh, uh, Facebook so, or, or our website. And then the third place is that you can actually get it on our podcast. Podcast. And so it's something that can download very easily for those of you guys who want to listen in the car in case you missed what was happening because there's a lot of cool things that are coming up because we talked about the vision, which our vision here is to reach the world for Jesus one person at a time. And then we also said, and our mission is to be and make disciples. So today we're kicking off what does that mean? What does it mean to be a disciple? And what does it mean to make a disciple? And so we're going to look at these four letters, A, B, C, and D, over these next four weeks, accept, belong, contribute, and disciple. And there's two sides of the same coin of what it means to be and make a disciple. So the first lens is we're going to look at ourselves. What does it mean for me to be or consider being a disciple of Jesus Christ? And now there's a common core need that all of us humans have. Uh, whether you recognize this need, I think you will in just a second, and that is the need for acceptance. And it doesn't matter whether you're a Christian or not. It really is one of these hardwired DNA we all need to have the experience and the feeling that we are accepted. In fact, if you just process through, where do you find acceptance? Where have you found acceptance? For some of you, it's been in your family of origin. You grew up in a very loving environment and you felt accepted. Now, others of you, that wasn't your story, not even close to it. So you actually found acceptance in elementary school, or maybe in middle school and high school, you, found the, you felt the effects of not being accepted, which is why it hurts so much, because you long for acceptance. Uh, maybe you find acceptance through friendships. Maybe it's through romantic relationships, through a, a spouse. Uh, some people find it uh, through hobbies or interests. There's a reason why book clubs or something called Comic-Con takes place on a yearly basis, because people who go are like, but these are my people. I feel accepted in this environment. There is a reason why, why middle-aged men will wear jerseys of 20-year-olds and cheer on football teams. Because we feel accepted. Uh, unless you're not for the Seahawks, then you should definitely feel rejected. You know, you know, but if you go to a Seahawks stadium and you're wearing the right jersey, then you definitely feel like you're part of the group. And you do this at concerts, too. You're, you're talking to people and high-fiving because there's a common interest that makes you feel accepted. Now, for some, it's through achievement. Maybe that was you. Like, when you excel in something, you feel like you're getting the accolades and acceptance from other people. For some, it's in business, materialism. You're like, look at me, notice me, pay attention to me. Now, there is a TV show that uh, is out there that has become recently actually very, very popular. And it's actually called, it's called Suits. Now... It's a legal drama that ran for nine seasons on the USA Network, and it actually ended in 2019. So it's been four years since they've made a new episode, but recently, over the course of the last year, it came on Netflix and Peacock. The reason I mention it is because it is breaking streaming records left and right. 
it, um, billions and billions of minutes of download, so I know that there are at least a couple people in here that would recognize that one of the characters in this show is a fan favorite, and his name is Lewis Litt. Now, Lewis Litt is a Harvard-educated, extremely wealthy, uh, intelligent guy, but his number one need throughout the course of the whole show is, please, somebody, accept me. Somebody acknowledge what I have done is, is good. Somebody say, you matter. Your life means something. Now, speaking of TV shows or movies, I want to show you a longer clip. I usually don't do this, but I'm going to show you a lengthy clip from a series called The Chosen. And it's taken from the Bible's book of John, chapter 4. See, Jesus is traveling to a place called Samaria with his disciples, where most people in that day, if they were Jewish people, they would take the long route and go around Samaria because Jews and Samaritans hated each other. And in fact, Jews looked down on Samaritans because they were half Jews or, or partially Jewish. And so they even said that if they interacted at a certain point or distance, they would be what's called ceremonially unclean, which would prevent them from going to the temple to worship God. So they're like, I don't want to be around these unclean, sinful people who are ostracized. Jesus takes his disciples into Samaria and he finds himself at a well. And he's going to engage with what the Bible calls a woman at the well. And in this dialogue, I love what the chosen has done. I really want you to focus in because everything that's mentioned in there is from Scripture. Now, there's some, some liberties, obviously, but it really makes it come to life with this idea of what does it look like from God's perspective when it comes to this idea of acceptance. Take a look at the screens with me now. I hope you can sense and see the way God views us and how God accepts us. See, God is offering acceptance. This is what he came for. He reached out to the Samaritan, a woman, a known sinner, someone who struggled with relationships and offered this living water, this acceptance of who she was. It reminds us of John three sixteen. for this is how God so loved the world. That he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. And we forget sometimes the second verse. God sent his son into the world not to judge the world, not this first time in his coming, but to save the world through him. Acceptance offered to all. So the question isn't, is God, does God accept us? Or is he willing to accept us? But will we accept him back? That's the, that's the question. Uh, today is a special day in the Shields household because it's my daughter Angelie's 13th birthday, uh, which means that last night she had four or five of her closest friends who kind of stayed up late and had a great time. And as, and as often happens at birthday parties, people bring gifts. And my daughter is a gift lover. I got like three pages of things that she wanted, you know, for her birthday. And so uh, she has, she's got these gifts. Now, the question is, uh, when do the gifts become hers? Is it when they go to the store and pay for the gift? No. Is it when they bring the gift into the house? No. Is it when they offer her the gift? No. Her gift only becomes hers when she receives the gift. See, God is offered. He gave his one and only son. And it's for the entire world. It doesn't discriminate against anyone, but we get to choose whether we will receive this precious gift that has been paid for. Will we accept it? 
See, he gave his only son. In fact, in John chapter 1, verse 10, it says, Jesus came into the world that he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people. As a Jewish man, came to a fellow Jewish people, and even they rejected him. But to all who received him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. Now, you've heard me say this before, because it's, it's something that's, a, that's said in our society a lot, where they say, hey, we're all God's children. We are not all God's children. Uh, the, everybody in the world is not all God's children. We are all created in the image and likeness of God. But the Bible tells us we only become adopted into the family of God when we receive the gift of God into our lives. And so when we receive this, we get to be adopted, and then we become his child. So how do I be, how do I accept Christ? How do I accept this gift? And there's some ways the Bible tells us. The first is to hear. In Romans chapter 10, verse 17, so faith comes from hearing, that is hearing the good news about Christ. The good news, the, the, another word for it is the gospel, is that you and I are all sinners. What we like to do is compare our sin. Like, well, my sin's not as bad as somebody else's sin, but in the eyes of God, we're still all sin. And when we all sin, we're all sinners, which means we fall short of his standard of perfection when it comes to morality. And because of that, there has to be a punishment that is given. And Jesus came as the perfect man when it came to sin, goes to the cross for what should have been us, offers us this gift proven by the resurrection to when we receive the gift, then we now get to have life eternally and life abundantly here on earth. That is the message of the good news. So first we get to hear it. And today, some of you are going to hear and you're going to receive this for the first time, which I'll talk about in just a second. The second thing is after we hear, we get an opportunity to believe and confess. Now to believe is to know and follow. It's more than intellectually agreeing with what is true. For example, most of you believe that your car is going to start when you, leave, when you leave here. And we think that's what it means to believe. No, according to the Bible, to believe means I believe my car is going to start and I turn the ignition. So it's one more step. That's what the Bible means when it says to believe. And then the second part is to confess, which is declare openly, to say I have put my trust, my life, and I believe that Jesus is who he says he is. And Romans chapter 10, verse 9 says, if you openly declare, which is this confession, that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it's by openly declaring, confessing your faith, that you are saved. So the first is we hear, we believe, we confess, and there's this last one, which is to repent. Now, to repent means I'm headed in one direction, and I do a U-turn and go in God's direction. So I'm repenting of my sins. I'm telling God, say, God, I've not followed your way. I'm going to follow your way now. And then after that, after we've had this, this conversion experience, the first step upon believing and confession and, 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 and repenting is that I'm supposed to get baptized. And people are like, well, what does that even mean? What is baptism? Well, baptism, the best way I can describe it to you, is like what a wedding ceremony is to a couple who gets married. So they're already committed together. There's nothing that changes when they walk down the aisle versus when they leave, except there's a ceremony. There is a declaration, a covenant-binding commitment that takes place before God and before other people. 
In the same way when it comes to baptism, there is a public declaration before God and other people that I am now dying to my old self and I'm raised committed to Christ for the rest of my life. It's the starting point. And that's why we encourage people to do that. In fact, Acts chapter 2 says it this way. Peter's words pierced their hearts and they said to him and to the other apostles, brothers, what should we do now that we've heard this good news, this message? Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you'll receive the gift of your Holy Spirit. So your next step today may be to receive this gift of acceptance that God is offering to you. But we have to receive it. We got to believe it. We got to confess it. We got to repent. And then after all those things, we choose then to say, you know, I'm going to make this known and I'm going to choose to get baptized. In fact, if you look at the cross, this is the weekend where the cross goes dark. I mentioned this last week. And we start over in a new year. But you'll notice there's already five lights. One on Thursday and four happened in the last service. And so I believing that God is, yeah, we can clap for that. We can get excited about that. But I'm believing that God has brought some of you here, not even realizing that this is why you came. God wants to give you a gift and you've got to receive that gift. And after you receive that gift, then be baptized. We have clothes for you if that's one of the things that stops you. And so during our time as we close, I want to encourage you to receive that, whether you're watching online or whether you're in the room today. Now, for a lot of you, I know you have accepted Christ already. So what does today's message have to do with you? Many of you might sit back and say, well, this doesn't really apply to me. Au contraire, mon frere. It definitely applies to you. Remember, this series is be and make. So one of the steps of being a disciple of Jesus is to accept Christ and then be baptized in him. But the other section is to what is my role and opportunity and responsibility to help make disciples? What does that look like? Because our mission is to be and make disciples. So here's my question for those of you who are Christians, because I'm going to challenge you a little bit because I have been challenged greatly and I think you should join me in some of my misery. So we're going to go through this little section together in a very challenging way. How can I share Christ with others so that they can accept him? Because this is the opportunity, the role and responsibility of all of us. You see, the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, went and told the town about what had happened to her. So she couldn't help but share. I mean, notice this in John chapter 4, verse 39. Many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because the woman had said, he told me everything I ever did. Really? Everything you ever did? He talked about the five husbands that you had, and the one that you're living with is not your current husband. It was the barrier that stopped her from receiving the acceptance of God. So she goes back. Now, uh, for those of you who've been Christians for a while, I'm going to challenge you just a little bit. She didn't have a Bible study with people. She didn't open up. Those of you who are a little older like me, she didn't have the spiritual tracks, the four spiritual laws to be able to give and to be able to hand out and say, here's the process of salvation. Here's the faith. Here's the steps you need to do. Let's open up our Bibles to this. And now you can actually believe. She didn't do any of those things. And yet they believed in Jesus. What did she do? She shared her story of what God had done in her life. And her story, her testimony, was enough to convince an entire town 
that what she was saying was true. Notice their response. They believed because the woman told them. That's it. Many of us are so scared to share Jesus with others because we don't know what to say. You do know what to say. You've just maybe been taught to say the wrong things because you don't think that you know enough and that you're not capable enough. This woman encountered Jesus and she had a simple God story to share of her encounter with Jesus that convinced a whole town that it was true. Then when they believed, they had already put their trust in Jesus. They believed what this woman was saying because they knew her and they said, something's different about you. And when they put their trust, then they said, now we need to check this out for ourselves. This is when they came out to see him, Jesus. They begged him to stay in their village. So he stayed for two days, long enough for many more to hear his message and believe. Then they said to the woman, now we believe, not just because of what you told us. That was enough. But now we believe because we have heard him ourselves. Now we know that he is indeed the savior of the world. See, the woman was so moved by her encounter with Jesus It just boiled up and out of her. I love that the the chosen showed her leaving even the water behind. She said, I have to share. I just have to tell everybody because it's such good news. So here's our first challenge. As a follower of Christ, when's the last time you shared this with anyone? Not that you go to church. When's the last time you shared, shared the God story in you? When's the last time that you let someone else know. Because here's what's, what's interesting. The longer that we're followers of Christ, oftentimes the less passionate we become for those who are far from Christ. Why is that? Well, there's many reasons. So here, what I want to do is I want to challenge us and provide a simple opportunity and way that God is leading every single one of you who has put their trust, young and old, to say he's not done working through you to a world that desperately needs him. That could be in our own home, our school, our work. So here are just four ways to do it that you can do it as you walk out of here with this in mind. First, to love authentically. To love authentically. Here's the first challenge. When you view people who are far from God, do you have compassion or do you have disgust? See, the religious leaders in Jesus' day, the ones who were most committed to God, They felt like it was us versus the world. And Jesus actually got a nickname that was given to him by these religious leaders called Friend of Sinners. And it wasn't a compliment. Jesus took it as one because he hung around with people and he didn't view them as projects. He viewed them as people that he wanted to love regardless of their desire to receive that love or not which is why he died for the world, knowing that the world would not receive him. The world would not choose to accept him. He says, I'm going to do this anyway. And so what about us? Do we have a heart? Do we have a compassion to love people the way Jesus has loved us authentically? Whether they ever receive Christ or not, can we be people of love? Uh, The second way is to pray regularly. When's the last time that you prayed for someone who's not connected to Christ? Uh, Let me challenge you as I have been challenged by God this week, because here's the reality, and this is true. What you and I pray about is what we care about. What we pray about is truly what we care about. So are we praying for anybody who's far from God? That's the heart of God. This is what Jesus came for. But here's the encouragement. 
what we also pray about, we begin to care about. And when we begin to pray about things that we didn't care about, all of a sudden it's funny how God transforms us and we start caring about the things that we start praying for. So I'm going to challenge you, who is the person or people in your life that you are being called by God to get that heart back again for when you first came to faith to start praying regularly for those that God has put in your sphere that need to come to know him because of the light that you're shining outside these walls. In fact, I want to show you our baptistry. Uh, one of the things that you may not know is that uh, we, every week we have pens on top. And uh, starting this week, it was painted over again. And then people write names. And they write names of people that they're praying for that sometime in the next calendar year that God is going to use them or that God is going to use someone to draw them to faith in him. And what you'll see is as people write names is over the course of the year, whenever they see someone get baptized, it's a trigger. It's a reminder. Oh, I want to pray for my friend. I want to pray for my family member. I want to pray for my coworker. I want to pray for my barista. I want to pray for whoever it may be. And so it's a reminder every time we see a baptism video or someone getting baptized that I need to keep praying and let God do what only God can do in their hearts and minds as I begin to care more and more for those people in my life. And so at the end of our service, even during the song, I'm going to encourage many of you to, to get up from your seats and we've got plenty of pens and you start writing names. And then over the course of the year, what you're going to find is as people come to faith and they get baptized in him, you'll see these names circled or hearts put around them. And you'll see that as the whole year goes by, and you're like, God, you're doing amazing things. 320 people came to faith last year. What's going to happen this year? I don't know. But this is our opportunity to be used by God to help other people in their journey to accept the gift that's been given. So the first, again, is to love authentically, to pray regularly, and then to share specifically. This is your God story. The greatest apologetic of our day, apologetic is evidence or proof of God, is a changed life. It's not creation versus evolution. It's not proving that the Bible is true. All of those things are important, but what people want to know outside these walls is, is it real? And they'll know by looking at your life. And so are we able to share specifically? Now, this is where people get nervous, and I get it, especially in our culture. People are going to be like, you know what? You, I don't want to hear you preaching at me. I don't want to hear what you have to say. It feels, it feels ostracizing. It feels like I'm, I'm standing out. But do you know what people will listen to today? Here's the verbiage, your truth. People will listen to your truth. Here's your truth. Who were you before Christ? What happened in your encounter with Christ? And how are you different now after coming to Christ. So here's the woman. Here's who I was in Christ, before Christ. You'll not believe this. I mean, most of you in my town already know this, that I've had five husbands and the guy I'm living with right now, I'm ostracized, I'm rejected, I have to come to the well in the afternoon. This is who I was. And then I met Jesus. Where'd you meet Jesus? At a well. And he's the Messiah, it's the Christ. This is what he's come to do and he's come and he's told me things about myself. And this is my conversion, my experience. And now here is who I am now after this experience. I am changed, I am chosen, I am adopted, I am a child of God. I still have struggles, I still mess up, but I have someone I can rely on. I have a rock in my life that I never had before. Who I was... How I came to accept Christ, what was my encounter for you? It may have been a person, it may have been a service, it may have been a testimony, it may have been something else. And then who are you now? That's the message. And people are willing to listen because it's your story. And that's the language of our day. 
Well, tell me your story, your truth, and you get a chance to tell them your truth. And watch to see what begins to happen, who I was before, how I came to Christ, and what difference has he made in my life today. So again, love authentically, pray regularly, share specifically, and lastly, invite intentionally. That's what she did. She invited them. You got to come out and meet this guy. So we want to provide as a church opportunities for this to happen. Things like the use of our facilities. This is what we mentioned last week, like like the indoor playground. Why is it here? You can come during the week. Here are the new hours that are there. The cafe is open. What what a great opportunity. Because when when, when people are like, I don't want to go to church. You're like, that's all right. We're just going to go get some coffee and play in a playground. That happens to be at a church, you know. (coughs) It's not a bait and switch. It's real. This is actually what's happening on a regular basis. Uh, we've got uh, use of the facilities, uh, you know, the fields, the trailhead. Uh, weekend services is a great opportunity. In fact, here's the beauty of this. Right now, if you have kids in our elementary area, they're being encouraged to invite their unconnected friends next week to what's called XP. So they're going to be pumped up when you pick them up to be like, Mom, Dad, I want to invite so-and-so to come next week. And you as a parent can help foster that in the lives of your kids, but then take it a step further, invite their parents to come with them. So what happened? next week we're going to talk about this idea of belong. You know, what does it mean to belong as part of a community? What does it mean to belong in Christ? And so this is what we're doing next week. We have these things that come up on a regular basis. You've heard about trunk or treat. Right? Uh, Tyler was mentioning that earlier, inviting friends, bringing candy, sign up to decorate a trunk. It was amazing last year. And you'll notice that it's not on Halloween. It's actually on the Sunday before. So something new we did last year, and this is where we got overwhelmed, where hopefully we'll be able to manage it a little bit better this year. But there was cars all the way back to the freeway trying to get into our place. We're like, I, we don't even know what to do. I mean, we were just so like, wow, this is absolutely crazy. You know, and we got calls and negative, but it was also fun. You know? So we need your help. We need your help with the candy. We need your help with the trunks. We need to help be a resource to the community, providing a safe environment for their kids to come and the interaction that we're going to be able to have while in line, while connecting with these kids. So what an opportunity on that Sunday. Now, the reason we're not meeting on Halloween is because I'm very excited for Christians to be at home because it is the only time during the year where your non-Christian neighbors come knocking at your door. And too many times in the past, it's been the Christian lights who are at their Christian events, not at the door, when their non-Christian neighbors come knocking on their door, and we're nowhere to be found. What an opportunity to display the love of Christ, regardless of what you think about the day, you make the day what it is and can honor Jesus by being his representative on that evening. So that's one of the reasons that we do this. Lastly, be open in this idea of what God may be doing in the lives of other people. Sometimes we get so focused on ourselves that we're not even paying attention to what's going on in the lives of others. Because here's what we have found. In America today, when you're an adult, the people who are most open to the idea of receiving the gift of Jesus usually happens in one of two circumstances. Tragedy or transition. When people go into transitions in life, we see this all the time. They're open to new opportunities, new relationships. So when somebody new shows up at your work, God could be bringing that person into your life for a specific reason. They're looking for friends. What a great opportunity. Not as a project. You're going to love them authentically whether they accept Jesus or not. Maybe they move into your neighborhood. 
You've been in that neighborhood for a long time, but it's new for them. Uh, also transitions are when people go from being single and then all of a sudden they get married. That's a big transition. And now they're like, oh, what is this like? And then when they have a kid, that gets crazy for them. That first one. Then it's the second kid for some. And then they have to go from man-to-man defense to zone when they have a third and they don't know what the heck they're doing, right? So what an opportunity. All these transitions that happen in people's lives are natural openings that adults all of a sudden awake to something potentially new. The other one is harder, but God uses it for good. Tragedies. If you think about you know, what took place uh, when 9-11, we just celebrated that again. When that happened, there were more people in church the following weekend than maybe in the history of America up to that point. People were open to something different. When COVID happened, more people jumped online and were curious about what the church and what God was saying than ever at any point in history. It was absolutely amazing because it awakened people to something maybe new because our worldview was shaken. When people lose a job, when people go through a divorce, when there's a hardship, when they suffer a loss of a loved one and they're at a funeral service and maybe for the only time in their life they're thinking, is there life beyond this death? Is there something beyond the grave? And God can use those as opportunities for us to bring in the midst of tragedy, guess what? Good news. That there is something good. There is something positive in the midst of the suffering and the loss. And so as we close, I want to give you a recent story uh, from someone in our church named Brooke on what it meant to her this past year to accept Christ and notice in her creative way how she decided to use that as an opportunity to share Christ with other people. Let's watch the screen now. Growing up, I never feel like I got the true like childhood play anytime you want experience. I've had nine surgeries, been broken bones, this, that. During COVID, I had another two ear surgeries and it was just, why me? I don't get it. During high school is when I really questioned stuff. Well, if God's the one that's been making, you know, has my plans and this is all in his plan, I don't like that plan. Why do I want to be a part of it? Then the accident happens. I pulled up next to the guy and he looked over, turned right into a left-hand corner. And the way it just hit me, I went airborne and then head first into a tire wall. People lined at the fence going, that wasn't just a whoops. My leg dislocated then relocated without me knowing it. Because of the force of it relocating, I have arthritis already. And I hate that picture just because it's one guy gets to carry about his day and I'm on crutches with a permanent life-changing injury. It wasn't my choice to be in that tire wall. Somebody picked that for me. I've always heard that God only gives the strongest battles to like the toughest soldiers. What if I don't want to be that tough? What if I don't want to be that strong? It's just so done with dealing with everything. I'm a very fact-based person, and on Easter when Pastor Dan said, if the resurrection isn't real, nothing changes. But if the resurrection is real, everything changes. I'm sitting there and I was like, man, that just makes sense, all of it. Just put it together, wrapped it up, here's the gift. He said, right now, you're in your clothes, let's go to the pool, and let's do it. And I'm like, 
sold. Here I go. Right before the Father's Day car show, I put on the back of the goat cart a sticker that says, do you follow Jesus this closely? At this past goat cart race, my dad called me over and talked to a guy and said, I saw the cross necklace you wear at every race and that sticker. I know what you're doing. You're getting people to think about it and I appreciate that so much. Jesus saved his life and he's been reborn. He's now reaching out for prayers and for people he trusts in his faith and without the accident. Would I have put that sticker on it? Would that guy have come up and talked to me about my face? Even though through all that hard times, look at what it's led up to. I'm now helping people get prayers answered and showing them their fate. My outlook changed of maybe why not me? I could be that person. Why not be and make disciples, you know? Why not go out there and show people what being a Christian or a believer is about. Thank you so much, Brooke. So here's your moment. Here's your opportunity. I don't believe that you're here by accident. And I think there's one of two reasons that you're here. One, for some of you, it's to accept Christ. To hear, believe, to accept, to repent, and then for some of you to say, I'm going to do the next part and I'm going to get baptized. So during this next song, I'm going to ask you to head to the cross. And just like the other five people this weekend, to be like, yeah, this is my, this is my time. I didn't plan on coming in and doing this, but God had other plans for me, which were better than what you anticipated. You thought you were just going to come to the well. And Jesus had something better for you. Now for the rest of us, here's the other one. Are you willing to share Christ with someone this week. Because here's what happens. It happens all the time. Because you're here, I'm so sorry. God's gonna give you some opportunities this week. All the time this happens. He, all of a sudden, you're gonna come across someone, you're gonna see someone, you're gonna see someone differently, and you're gonna have an opportunity to share. To share the God story in you. And are you gonna be willing to walk into the opportunity that he is freely providing? For some of you during this time, it's just going to be that moment to walk over the cross, got like 10 or 12 pens to, to write down names. And we're going to sing a song that may be unfamiliar to some of you. But the words of the song is the song of declaration. It's to say either for the first time, I have decided to follow Jesus. Or it's a reaffirmation of saying, yes, I have decided to follow Jesus. He offered me the gift and I accepted it. Will you stand with me and we're gonna pray. Jesus, thank you so much for today. And I pray for everyone who's watching online, every heart that's in this room, that you would lead us, that you would guide our hearts to the things of you. Thank you for letting us know what it means to be and make disciples in this first step, which is to either accept you and so draw people to yourself even right now, Lord, or help us bring to mind right now someone that you want us to consistently pray for, to reach out, to love, and to model who you are. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.